Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. I'm Jonathan Sanborn. And I'm Lisa Jernigan. What, this is, I think we're getting the hang of this. I think we are. I think what, this is show number three. I know. All, already. Already. You're, you're a seasoned veteran now. <laughs> is that what it makes me? I can see the swagger right when you walk in the studio. I know. I you feel at home. You knocked over a chair. I know, right? You started barking Waving. orders. I, I know. I, I felt scared and I got you a latte. I didn't even I know what, what do you, you know, it's like she needs, I'm going to take care of her. She's going to, she, you know, you know. You're, no, this has been a fun journey so oh, far. Oh, it's so fun. And so this is – and one of the amazing things about the show is that I, we're resonating with people around the world. Mm-hmm. This is a it's, – it's a concept that the world needs more than ever. And so the first thing we got into is in our season two of Counterculture that Lisa and I is really the idea of war and peace. We thought we'd start real light. Light. Yeah, go really season. light. We're just <laughs> it's a softball right over the middle let's, of the plate. Let's just go in. Let's take a deep dive. That's right. No, but instead we, we're going big. And so I was able to reach out to a, fr- uh, a friend of mine who I lived with in Russia. And he ended up moving, an American friend, moved to Ukraine. And he said, you need to talk to Sasha. And so on, on, on the call right now, this is amazing. We have Sasha calling in from the Kiev Christian Academy. Hello, Sasha. Hello. Hello, Jonathan. So, so this is exciting. Sasha Musienko is a, a, a teacher at the Kiev Christian Academy. And you're calling from like the middle of the night. Who's uh, so appreciate you calling in. He's been with the Kiev Christian Academy for 22 years, and it's just like five, five or ten minutes right outside in the suburbs of Kiev, and his his all his children study there. And uh, so we're going to get to we really have a lot of questions for you. And so first off, how are you? Uh, well, first of all, it's a big honor, and thank you very much for your invitation. Well, we are doing really well. We. Um, we're in the 47th day of the war mm-hmm. at the moment, but we have, um, we have managed to survive so far, and we are doing fine. Thank you. So is this on the Western side? I mean, I, 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 I'm riveted to news uh, around the, the war right now, and are you on the Western side of Kiev or the Eastern side or North? We are located in the western side, okay. about 20, 30 minutes drive from Bucha and Irpin. Okay, wow, where the, the heavy fighting is 20 yeah, minutes from your Yeah, we could hear home. that heavy fighting. Oh. 
Well, Sasha, we over here in the States, we know we hear news and we see things and our hearts have been broken. And I know in many of our churches, we've been praying for the country and the people of Ukraine. Um, One of the things that's interesting that we're actually talking to you in just outside of Kiev, when we hear of so many people who have left, who have become refugees and fleeing to other countries, can you share with us what has informed you that you and your family made the decision to stay I mean, I can't even fathom that and what we see is happening there. But, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, but can you explain to that how you came to that decision? Yes. You know, when the war just started on Thursday morning, um, I was awakened by a call from a friend of ours. And she was, um, she was with trembling voice saying, the war has started. Wake up, pack, and leave. And wow. it was about 5.30 in the morning. Well, I did wake up. You know, I um, uh, I checked the news, and it did say that the Russia bombed many cities around Ukraine. Um, but I didn't wake up my family. I prayed. I, um, you know, read the scripture. And... Um, it was quiet outside. So I waited till everybody woke up. We we talked. And that, that day, my family went to school and we met with another family. We prayed together. And as, I, as, as we were praying, I could, uh, I could feel very clearly the Lord speaking to my heart. Be still and I will fight for you. Wow. In quietness and trust is your strength. We received it as a guidance from God that we should not rush because it was a time of a lot of panic, anxiety, fear, and the roads were packed with cars trying to leave Mm. to the West. My colleague, a friend of mine, spent 14 hours driving from one side of Kiev to another. He literally, he literally drove like 100 yards in an hour. Hmm. So the, that's how heavy the traffic was. And it continued for the next three, four, five days. You know, people were sitting in their cars for hours, for days, trying to evacuate. Um, we did realized that uh, we didn't want to we didn't want to sit in our car for so long we didn't want to um, make decisions based on fear and panic mm-hmm. we knew that we should be making decisions based on God's guidance on God's leading we had a talk um, with our family we have three kids Makar who is seven Eliana who is 12 and Timur who is 16. We sat together, we talked about the risks of making decisions to stay, we prayed together, and God just gave us peace. We felt at peace to stay. Mm. We, we didn't want to leave. We knew that it was not the final decision. We knew that day after day we would have to make another decision based on the situation and based how close the war is getting to us. And as the you know, the situation grew. The intense weaponry was heard. 
it, it, you know, I would say that our faith had to be stretched. We had to make another decision after the decision, especially when so many friends and relatives were saying, why not evacuating? Why are you risking your children? But we, we did realize that we were not evacuating because we, we felt that we were safe here. We felt that the safest place was in, you know, in, um, in God's perfect place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's our story briefly. So, so now that you've had, you've been, you've made this decision in faith and you've been there 45 days or, uh, how, um, how have you seen God use that step of faith for you to be used in blessing and uh, to other people as as a Christian, to those in need? Yes, we, we can finally tell now that it was the right decision because we were amazed at how many opportunities opened for us to serve and to connect with our neighbors like we've never connected before. You know, people were in stress, in anxiety, in fear. And we could talk to people, you know, we could meet, we could invite over, we could go shopping, we would offer buying food or medicine for the elderly, for the single mom, for uh, for our neighbors. And it was, uh, it was just amazing opportunity. We... You know, our, our community grew closer so much during this time. We um, people st- people were helping with however they could help each other, and it was just amazing to to see this closeness coming and this um, mutual help and mutual support. Um, so I think it was it was a very positive experience. Mm. We were we were looking for opportunities. My, my family still pray daily, you know, how God, uh, we want to be useful. My wife, Ira, is an interpreter. She was able to go and escort journalists to Borodyanka. This is another oh town that yeah. was occupied by Russia. She was, she was given an opportunity to interpret there. We were given opportunity to feed volunteers, volunteers. Uh, a pastor and his friends um, I'm given an opportunity to deliver food to the soldiers and in other in different places so we are we are really you know happy happy to see so many opportunities we could use during this time and we can still use wow you use that word happy and Jonathan and I are looking at each other like wow I mean how how do you say happy when you're in the middle of war and losing and and all that and I know Jonathan for you this is probably bringing you having visuals cuz you've lived yeah. there and you've been there so you're imagining is taking you to a place but um what's so beautiful what we're hearing is I think it's really easy when crisis comes in situations like war or whatever is we start thinking what's best for me and I've got to get out of here and I got to take care of me and the message that we're hearing from you is this message of taking care of each other and community, people coming together for the common good, which is kind of the Acts 2 church. Yeah, right? exactly, right? Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, we're all in this together, and we're all connected and watching God work in and among you instead of everybody going every man for themselves, which would be such an easy 
mindset and way to live. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a that's why I so much wanted to hear what you, your story and what this is like for you. And what what has been the, the and I don't want to over. I mean, there's something amazingly heroic here, but what has really been the hard challenge for you personally to make that decision? As a Christian, how do you struggle knowing that there's people, your friends are being killed 15, 20 miles away and some of the horrors of things that are happening? Tell me that. Tell me about that. Well, you know, we, uh, when the war started, we felt very strongly that it's not time to look around. It's time to pray, pray, and pray. So we spent hours in prayers. We... We spent hours in God's word. And, you know, this. The, we, we drew strength from his word. When we were reading the Psalms, especially, they, they, they became so real, you know. Um, and the biggest challenge was asking God, am I, am I doing the right decision for my children? Mm-hmm. That was the biggest challenge because we knew that we, my wife and I, I'm really thankful for my wife. <clears throat> She's a warrior. She, is, she wants to fulfill God's will and, you know, she wants to do whatever it takes to help people around. <clears throat> uh, so for us to stay was not really hard. The hardest part was, are we doing it right for our children? Mm-hmm. Is it fair for them? That we, that they stay with us behind us. Um, but as we as we talked with them every day, they responded that they were happy that we are staying. Hmm. The first first few days when the when there were loud uh, air defense systems working, our youngest one was seven, Makar got scared. But as we explained to him, well, these are our soldiers are protecting us from the enemy. They are shooting down the missiles and jets that are flying to hurt us. He got used to it and he is fine. He really enjoys now joining me on trips to deliver food to station soldiers. And he puts on his, uh, you know, special uniform that he looks like a little soldier with me. And um, um, and I'm happy. I'm happy to see that he is learning how to help. He is asking me, Daddy, can we buy some treats for the soldiers? Can we buy some fruit, some juice? So we oftentimes add some extra treats to, to bring them, to encourage them, to cheer them up. And so my little one is so happy when he's asking, can I give it? Can I give it? I said, sure. So mm-hmm. he's learning how to minister, how to serve others, and I'm really happy to see that. Mm. That's a life lesson you will never, you couldn't, you couldn't just right. teach in a classroom. That's, oh. that's the life lesson of a father willing to take that kind of risk heroically to love uh, and to love sacrificially to other people. And to bring your kids along. And to bring your kids along, yeah. Right, to go, this is what love looks like, this basically. Is, yeah. I mean, we talk about love your neighbor and love your enemies. Yeah. Wow, putting <laughs> it into practice. <laughs> That's right. Wow. 
absolutely. Is is the academy okay? Is is has the building been harmed, or is it, your your village uh, been harmed? Is everything okay there? Well, you know, we had a number of missiles landed next to KCA. In fact, the one um, factory was on huge fire just just a neighboring with our school. Another missile flew maybe like 100 or 200 yards away from school. There was another huge fire. Um, a number of houses were on fire in our vicinity. A number of hum- houses were damaged. Um, but, you know, but other than that, the, you know, um, the school building is fine. So, so mm-hmm. far it stands safe and, um, and we are happy. We are happy about it. Yeah. And we know that just being a Christian or being trusting the Lord doesn't necessarily promise you that everything's going to be okay, that your family isn't going to be harmed or your church building's going to be okay, or your school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know there's no guarantee, but you are cl- truly glorifying the Lord and the testimony and witness of that, of staying and loving and supporting those uh, uh, is so much bigger mm-hmm. than ourselves. And that's, that's the beauty of all of this. Mm-hmm. And Sasha, just listening to you and what you're sharing about your wife and your kids, please know you're going to have more people here, our listeners, praying for you and your family and your country and seeing it with a, just a different lens and um, just really understanding some of the dynamics and hearing from a human voice. I, a lot of times, you know, it's one thing to hear about it as a news report, a news story. But when you're hearing, you know, another human voice mm-hmm. sharing the journey, it just it connects us and it's real. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think also a question I have for you is uh, if you were seeing if war was happening here, I would think many it would be easy to doubt God. Mm-hmm. Like God can't be good if another country is invading my country and destroying so much of what I love and hurt, you know. So how have you how have you been able to minister to maybe people who are questioning God or questioning good you know goodness when there obviously it seems to be so much evil in the world. Mm-hmm. Well yes at the beginning of the war we we were praying and you know we were praying we we realized that we are in the warfare spiritual as well as physical you know, the Bible says the enemy comes to kill, destroy, and to steal. And that's what we've been witnessing. You know, the enemy coming, killing civilians, destroying the cities, destroying the lives. But we also know that God's plan and God is working behind the scenes. Mm. And his intentions will be fulfilled. You know, like... The scripture says that God thwarts the plans of the nations, but his, his plans will be, will be firm, will be established firm. So we do believe that even though among horror, among uh, lots of despair and um, losses, God is still at work. He hasn't stopped working. And um, we just pray that, his purposes are fulfilled. We see that how many Christians got united in prayer. You know, how many Christians got um, ignited you know, to, 
to share the gospel, to serve, to minister to people around. Um, we we know that sometimes we, we don't see much, we don't feel much, but we, we know that um, God's plan will still prevail. Mm. And, um, and that's our prayer, and that's our mm. trust. Sasha, so much wisdom and heart and in your words and just modeling it. Um, you know, so many things. I just can't imagine as a parent the decisions you've had to make and just as a person deciding to stay. And then, then how do I live? when I do stay and I love that you're bringing your family along and you're serving and you're seeing others and taking care of each other. And that really is a beautiful picture of what love does and um, just how Jesus calls us to live in that place. Is there something that we can be praying specifically for you, your family, your country, something that maybe we don't realize that you go, I gosh, I wish that the church at large would, would do this, would stand in the gap in this way. Um. Well, we really, really appreciate um, so much support. So many prayers are going towards Ukraine these days, and we are we are so we are so <laughs> happy. I wanted to say we are we are so encouraged. Our hearts are so encouraged to see people around the world are praying for us, are asking how they can help support us, and it does mean a lot to us. We. We do pray that, uh, well, I want you to ask to pray that God would strengthen our hearts, strengthen the hearts of all the Ukrainians who are standing firm. I, I would pray that God would comfort the hearts of those who lost their loved ones, lost everything they cherished, uh, you know, lost places to live in. Um, I would ask you to pray for the strength to our defenders, those who give their lives to protect protect many others uh, who are in safety, those who are on the front lines facing the enemy. I would ask you to pray for them too to be bold and courageous. Um, I pray for the wisdom to the government, to the leaders of our country, to lead our country in the direction where God is showing. And um, and just let, let that his will would be done on earth, in Ukraine, as it in heaven, and his purposes and his plans prevail you know this that's powerful not once did you say and i mean i didn't hear hate i didn't hear anger in any of that kind of prayer i'm like (laughs) i i'm i'm honored by your what you even suggested that we pray because i'm not sure i would be praying the same things and i i I I would be it's It's hard i mean i and i i I lived in Russia a number of years. I loved, I have, I had uh, some dear friends and I, there's a lot I love about the Russian people and it's been hard to process this. And so I'm, you're helping me and how I'm thinking about uh, this war 
and uh, helping me how to be, pray more accurately mm-hmm. and maybe in light of the heart of God through this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Sasha, again, thank you for getting up in the middle of the night to just be with us. And this is a message. Uh, uh, what I hear in you is a message of hope in the midst of um, really a lot of pain and brokenness and, and violence, and yet you're offering hope and speaking hope, which is what who God is and what God offers us. So thank you for just the Amen. bold decisions you're making. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for your invitation and for allowing me to share here with you. Yeah, we want the, the word to get out, and I, we, we want to give a different voice to what people are hearing that get into the strategy, the tactics, and the politics of all of this and the details. But we're looking at the big picture of God's ultimate plan and shining his light still mm-hmm. in the darkest places. Mm-hmm. God's light shines the brightest in the, when there's the most mm-hmm. darkness. Mm-hmm. And it's a good reminder for us, isn't right? It? Yes. Isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Sasha. You've inspired us today. It's an honor to have this these uh, these time with you and blessings to you and your ministry. And we know you know we have hopefully have a several thousand more people praying for you as a result of this uh, of this conversation as the word gets out. So thank you, brother. God bless you, your your, your family, and um, yeah, amen. Is all a- we can say. All we can say thank is you. amen. Thank you thank very you. much. Bye bye. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace. Educating, immersing, training and launching peacemakers to build united communities. And by Care Portal, a platform connecting the needs of children and families in crisis to the local church. You know, having a 10-month-old is great. The year has been so fun, but trying to figure out stuff to do with him is a little bit tougher. Well, I picked up my Forerunner from Valley Toyota dealers over the weekend, and we had a nice family picnic in the back of it. Had dinner, watched the sunset, and it was a perfect family night. And with the Forerunner, there's plenty room to open the hatch, and uh, you can take it off the beaten path, which is what I did to get that perfect sunset family moment. So check them out yourself. Go to any of the 10 Valley Toyota dealers to see which one's right for you. Toyota, let's go places.